Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, let's focus on 20, transitional capacity. Transitional capacity. So the first session, you know, I introduce you to transition, what it was. And uh, when you go through transition, you know, how you can be able to manage transition. Now, but there is transitional capacity. If you don't have the capacity for transition, it doesn't matter who you are you will not be able to make transition. Capacity is really what makes you and I who we are. The strength of this ministry is based on the capacity of this ministry. The strength of your life is based on your capacity. The greatness that will come to you is all based on our capacity. And the good news is, it doesn't matter where you are on the capacity level, you can always grow your capacity. So look at the way Ephesians chapter 20. Uh, can we put it on the screen? I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 20. Now, Paul made this statement. He said, now to him. Now, I'll read this in the Amplifier, and then you give me the King James. Uh, he said, now to him. But in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask for, all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Now look at what the King James says. Now the King James says, Now unto him that is able to do what? exceedingly, abundantly, above what? Above all you can think. If you can imagine it, he can do it, right? I mean, just imagine, if you want this entire city, he will give it to you. You know, just imagine, if you want three houses, he can do it. If you can just close your eye, imagine, but watch the keyword. There is a keyword there. It is only according it is only according to the spirit that worketh in you. So as much as God wants to do something for you, as much as he wants you to take the city, it is only according to the spirit, or that word spirit also means according to the capacity, or according to the ability that works in you. So your capacity actually determines what God can do for you. He wants to do anything for you. But he can't if that capacity is not there. When you study scripture, you will find that everything God does is based on our capacity. This is one of the things that I teach people when it comes to healing my capacity may be different from your capacity. So, I am someone, I don't like medication. You know, for you, for me to take a Tylenol or whatever, I mean, something must be rocking. You know, I just don't, okay? Now, I have the capacity to believe God for something but not everyone has that capacity 
The Bible says God will do anything for you, but it is according to the capacity that you have. So if you don't have that capacity, you can believe God for something you don't have the capacity for. You see, what God is doing in this house is always in direct proportion to the capacity that you possess. God will not do anything for you if you don't have that capacity. Whatever dimension you're walking in, whatever blessings that is taking place in your life right now is really according to the capacity that works in you. Now, we can always increase our capacity. And, uh, and, and the thing about it is the way the capacities are increased, some of the ways are not favorable to you and I. So when you go to God and you say, God, I just want you to do this for me. I want you to give me a home. I want you to, uh, uh, whatever it is that you believe in God for, God is not concerned over the request. Because he can do it. God is more concerned. Do you have the capacity to be able to carry this? So every season God brings into your life before the manifestation of what you just ask, God uses it to grow your capacity so that when he brings it into your life, you can be able to undo it. Do you understand what I just said? Very key. Because if you don't catch it, you will tend to believe God does not want to bless you. When in reality, when seasons come into our life, God takes the moment to grow your capacity so that you can be able to undo that part. And then you move from 100 congregational members because you've been able to handle it. God brings 50 more. And when 50 comes, he enlarges your capacity to handle 150. You say, no, Lord, I want 3,000. And God says, I want to give you 3,000. But you don't have the capacity right now for 3,000. If I give you that, it will destroy you. Do you know the blessings of God without the right capacity can really destroy a person? If, uh, if we give $2 million to, to the four-year-old kid, $2 million, and say, well, take this $2 million. Well, the $2 million belongs to him, but do you believe that he has the capacity? To handle the two million? No. Somebody has to keep the two million for him. Why do you keep it? You want him to grow up. To have the capacity to be able to manage it. God is a good God. He loves you so much that he will not just drop something in your lap that you don't have the capacity for. That is why transition takes place in your life and in my life. He gives me an apartment and then he enlarges my capacity to handle this one bedroom 
Not 10 bedroom, one bedroom right now. That's what you have the capacity for. Then you grow in your capacity. He brings two bedrooms or three bedrooms to you. And then you grow in your capacity. He brings you to a bigger house. And before you know, as your capacity increases, now everything that comes into your life increases, but also you have the ability to maintain it because you have the right capacity. All right? So, let's put a definition to it. Every growth that takes place in your life, every growth that will take place is really based on your capacity. I remember the first time that I had to speak to thousands of people. This was in California. They invited me. That was the biggest crowd that I've met. 10,000 people. Can you just imagine? Boom, boom. To that. Just boom. Boom, to 10,000 people to speak in the conference. So I flew into Los Angeles and, uh, you know, we got into the room. And then finally we came into the church and I looked at her. I said, God, Jesus Christ. My heart was going, tup, 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 tup. And right there I was saying to the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't mind if you allow me to go minister to just 1,000. He said, son, this is, isn't this what I told you? He said, I told you that when I give you something, I have to give it to you according to your capacity. If you don't catch this revelation, you can expect something big and that thing can destroy you. So I was... I was sitting close to the host, and uh, they went on, and they began to introduce me, and doctor this, and he has this, oh, that, and all of his degrees, and blah, 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 blah. I was there saying to myself, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you better help right now. I ain't care whatever I had. So I remember going up there, I had to use something to, to gather you know, kind of get my mind back. I said, everybody close your eyes. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I could still remember. I said, everybody close your eyes. They stood, they closed their eyes. They didn't know they were closing their eyes to help me. <laughs> I said, lift up your hands to God. You know, that butterfly in me was still flying, so I wanted the butterfly to they lifted, and in five seconds, I could feel that capture, that calmness just came. And I could just feel my friend standing by there. Uh-huh. This is what you want. I give it to you now. Do you see how it feels when you don't have the capacity for something? Uh, 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 you know, I'm looking and I say, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, it came out to be a powerful meeting. So when I step into meetings like that now, it's like, hey, hey, all right, it's not a problem. Because the capacity is there. But if the capacity is not there, you, you, you go and say, Ephesians said two. No, 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 not Ephesians two. 
Uh, uh, I mean, you, 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 you never sign there. Shake it. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, you there, and you're wondering, say, okay, your mouth is drying up. You, you, you're trying to. Because the capacity isn't there. But when the capacity is there, you capture. I mean, that 10,000 become just a hundred in your spirit. It just becomes a hundred because the grace of God captures everybody and you are able to impart. You know, when I came, we still, we still, we still kept it, our condominium, one bedroom till today. You know, a memorial, you know, to remind you where we came from and all of that. So we kept the condominium in the city and uh, we, we maintain our home in whatever, in the suburb. So I remember, my wife spoke to me, said, honey, he says, uh, I, I want a house. I said, what do you mean a house? This is a house. <laughs> you know, I'm an African, so with me, I could sleep there, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I could sleep in that room, it doesn't matter. I mean, I could sleep now. I mean, really, it doesn't matter. And uh, he says, I want a house. I said, okay. So if you want a house, that's fine. So I said, go look for a house. He said, are you sure? I said, yes. You know, yes. You know. <laughs> so she went and she looked and she looked. The only thing I told her, I said, make sure it has land because... I like outside. I don't really like inside. Inside to me is when you go to sleep. Outside, you know, that's. I said, just give me outside. You could take everything inside. So went around and went around and went around. And then she finally saw a place. I was in Jakarta, Indonesia. Preaching, I came back to my hotel, got a phone call. And she says, honey, yeah, I found the place. I said, why aren't you excited? So, yeah, I found the place now. It's your job to pay for it. I said, what do you mean pay for it? Yeah, I look, you pay. <laughs> so I said, yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I said, no, no problem. So I flew back, got home. We went to look. And we drove to this place, one of the most beautiful places. You know, almost four acres property, you know, with all of this stuff. <clears throat> now, you know me, I'm not, uh, I'm not racist and all of that, but we're just the only black in there. So, everything is jacked up. You know what that means? The prize. So, so I walked in there, <clears throat> I, I asked the realtor, how much? He said, I said whoa, whoa. I went, you know, have you ever heard something and you want to go? <laughs> you get slain in the spirit. <laughs> I said, honey, you didn't, you didn't check the price before? He said, I told you, this is what I like. I see it, you pay for it. So, 
So when I asked the rent and, and, he, and he said the price, I went like this. <laughs> That's it? You know, you, know, you got to act it. That's it? He said, yes. I said, okay. I said, I love the outside. My friend, the Holy Spirit said, don't get excited. When you do, you know, they think you like it. So I just act like I didn't like it. I said, <clears throat> Don't worry. Um, can we see? Do you have uh, any approval from the bank? <clears throat> no, 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 no. Don't worry. We'll pay cash. Cash. <laughs> we'll pay cash. Where cash come from? I said, no, no, no. We'll pay cash. Don't worry. My wife looked at me. Do you have a secret? <laughs> Do you have a secret account that I don't know? I said, honey, don't worry. We'll pay cash. Now, Remember the principle, never you let the enemy see you sweat. <laughs> don't let the enemy see you sweat. So, I said, honey, don't worry, we'll take care of him. I flew to, uh, I think Malaysia. Yeah, I flew to Malaysia. I was doing a meeting, and they were going through the contract or whatever paper. When I flew to Malaysia, on Sunday morning, it was a four-day meeting. And while I was there ministering, I don't, I don't know if my son here was with me. One of my sons was with me. In the meeting, the pastor told, spoke about me to the ex-prime minister and some of the government officials. He said, you got to come to this meeting. There is this man of God from America. He's a prophet. You know, come. Now, she didn't tell me, so I was preaching. Just preaching, and I stopped in the middle. And I said, you. So I didn't even know who he is. I said, last night, you and your son sat down. It was around 12 o'clock, and this was the conversation you were carrying. Your heart was broken. Now, this was tall, arrogant looking man, and all of a sudden I saw him just melting, just like that, like an ice cream. And he fell on the ground, and he began to cry. The same with the four people that was with him. So, finished preaching, and then we went to the room, and they were about to drive me to my hotel room, and he came close to me, put his two hands on my shoulder, he said, young man, it's good to call you young. You know, so. <laughs> he said, young man, how did you know all of this? I said, well, I, I didn't know all of this. I said, someone was telling me, and that's the Holy Spirit. He looked at me. He said, for some reason, I came today with an envelope for you. A white envelope. Never will forget, white envelope. That thing was thick envelope. So he said, you did a good job. And take this envelope. Well, okay. So I gave it to my son and the, the three other individuals, they did the same thing. So I remember now in New York now, there is a battle over getting the place. And I have to give an answer to the, to the madam, to my wife, the one in charge. <laughs> you know? You know? <laughs> So, so I got on, 
He said, well, the realtor called. He said, we have to make a decision. I said, I said, baby, I told you, I got this. I told you, no. Just tell him, yeah. He said, you sure? I said, yeah. While I was doing that, the Holy Spirit reminded me. He said, remember the four envelopes you were given? Four envelopes I was given. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in these countries, one dollar is... Uh, like in Indonesia, one dollar is a million of their money. So if you get a million and you are excited, when you go to change it, it's probably going to be 97 cents. Okay? So I didn't pay attention, so I opened the first envelope. It was U.S. You know, it's what you call chunky. Have you ever chunked? Is it chunky? I look at the other one. It was another chunkies. I look. I remember we threw it in the bed. My wife said, uh-uh, uh-uh, honey, check it if this is thick. If this is a thick money or a real money. Oh, my God. Oh, my God exactly what is needed to put an egg exactly it I remember saying I told you <laughs> I, said, I told you I told you this will be now I'm saying I told you but the capacity to deal with it was there are you listening to me? Without that capacity, I can't deal with it. The Lord says now, this is, this is what I want you to do. When they found out, they started bidding. I, I'm sorry, somebody just increased the price so that you can get it. I said, I increase it too. Uh, um... Two days came, um, they just doubled the price. Somebody just came. I said, I double it too. I'm saying, Holy Spirit, please now. <laughs> this is enough. And then, the last time, and they said, well, they increase it again. I said, go tell the owner. I said, you explain it to the owner. The, the wife had a breast cancer. I said, you tell that woman about what God can do for her to heal her. So to heal her. Well, when she heard that, she said, Bring him, let me see him. Up till this time, I don't even see the owner. It's just the transaction. I went in there. I said, God, he can heal you? He said, you really believe that? I said, yeah. I said, I could pray for you. He said, you know something? I'm dropping, I'm dropping the price all the way down for you. I'm going to drop it all the way down. All the way down? Yeah. 
I mean, drop it all the way down, down the market value that it's so just for me. I said, I'm going to pray for you. They're moving to Mississippi. Mississippi, when I, I said, when I pray for you, God is going to touch you. And I prayed for her. And he and the husband was crying. It was you we, were, we wanted to buy this house. We prayed that God will lead someone to come and buy this house. Well, you, you prayed, but you were jacking. I didn't say that, but you were jacking the prize. <laughs> Until a miracle came. He's the capacity. Your capacity is key. God will never give you anything that you don't have the capacity for. He wants to give you something. But he can't put it in your hand if you don't have the capacity for it. So what do we mean by capacity? Okay, write this down. Capacity is the ability and the power to deal with something or to do something. It is the ability or the power to deal with something or to do something. That is what capacity is. The ability or the power to to deal with something or to do something. Number two, capacity is the ability or the power to produce something or to birth something. Not everyone has the capacity to birth something or to produce something. And then number three, capacity is the power to carry something. Or to contain something. You want a new anointing. You want a great anointing. But your capacity is too small. It's like someone who wants a big gallon of water. But they just have a little cup. So God cannot pour that gallon of water into a little cup. So capacity is the power and the ability to contain something. Now, there are four kinds of capacity. Okay, there are four kinds of capacity. You, you find this in Ezekiel. If you can put Ezekiel up there, Ezekiel chapter 47. This is the King James Version that I have, that I want. Ezekiel 47, verse 3 to verse 5. Now, Ezekiel 47, 3 to 5 explains to you the four capacity, remember, power and ability to do something. Power and ability to contain something. Power and ability to carry something. Okay? In Ezekiel chapter, uh, is, that's not Ezekiel. Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47, 3 to 5. Now, if you have it in your Bible, it explains. This is what it says. There is the ankle the ankle capacity or the ankle deep water, okay? Then there is the knee capacity or the knee deep water. Then there is the waist or the loins capacity. And then the fourth one is the overflowing. Okay, so look at, and when the man that had the line in his hand, uh, we're looking at verse 3. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth east, he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters. The waters to where? The ankle. That is the first capacity. Okay? 
Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. And the waters were what? The knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. And the waters was to the loins or your waist. And then the next. Afterward, he measured a thousand. And it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen. Waters to swim in. A river that could not be passed over. You notice the four capacity. In the Greek language, this four capacity is given a name in the Greek. So there is the ankle capacity, okay? And this is just the beginning for every believer. When you get born again, everybody has this ankle capacity. But you have to grow from the ankle capacity to the knee capacity to the loins, and then to the overflow. So in the Greek, the Greek has four words for this. Number one is called the nepios, N-E-P-I-O-S, nepios. And it speaks of your maturity, it speaks of your capacity, and it speaks of your strength. A nepios is considered a baby. It's a baby. If you have a baby, that's a nepios. So every one of us begin with being a nepios. Okay? We begin with that level of capacity. The second level is what the Bible calls padion. The Greek call it padion. P-A-I-D-O-N. Padion. Now, the padion capacity is the knee capacity. And uh, what this does is, it is the capacity to step out, but you only can step out within your comfort zone. You only can step out within your comfort zone. Within what you can manage. So as long as you can manage that thing and deal with it, you can step out. Okay? Now, the third is what the Greek called technion. It's called T-E-K-I-O-N. T-E-K-I-O-N. Technion. Now, the technion is different. Now, the technion can now step out of his comfort zone into areas that he used to be afraid of, but cannot go further, but they could step how they have the capacity to believe God for something that they aren't used to believing God for. Now, the fourth one is the key. The Bible describes it in the book of Romans. The Bible says, all who are led by the Spirit of God, they are, the word, their sons, is the word called eos, H-I-U-O. O-S, Eus in the Greek. Now, that is the capacity where it is overflowing. You swim, the water is over you. You know, we have a pool, and in the pool, there is each level of the pool. So anyone that comes into the pool has to have a live verse. I don't trust you when you say you can swim until I can verify. Because it is deep. But it begins with each level of the capacity. 
So when the kids comes to the pool to swim, and they are in the nippies, they, they just go and they start, look at me, Papa, I could swim, I could swim, I could, oh, I could swim. All you're doing is you just splashing water. And then you go to party, oh, look at me, I could swim, oh, I'm swimming. But it's really party on your feet can touch the ground. The reason we function in that is because we are afraid to depend on God if God can ever show up on our behalf. So what I, what I do is when they get to the edge, when they get to the edge, now they're standing and make sure they get to the edge that is about to be deep and I push them into the edge. Right there. Now remember now, they have a light vest on, but they're freaking out. <laughs> and I just let them go until they realize I'm not drowning. I'm not drowning. I could float. I could swim. Well, you have a vest on. But because you are used to fear and because you are used to, I got to know everything. I, I got to make sure everything is together. That is your consciousness. So now, when you have that verse on you, you are still thinking like you would drown when you were a Nipios or when you were a Padion, when God is with you. And right there in the deep, they go, huh. I like it. You like it not because you can swim. You like it because you have what? A live verse. So when you get to become an eos, you have a live verse. Now you can depend. You can trust God. You know, you are not, your feet is not touching the ground. But it's really touching the ground of God. You are standing on him. And he's carrying you through. You're just floating. And I mean, you could act like, oh, I'm doing it by myself. In reality, you are not doing this by yourself. Somebody else is undergirding you and helping you and bringing you there. But if you were afraid, as a Nipius, even when you have a verse on, you will still be afraid. You will still be afraid. Not to talk about if you don't have a verse and you just swim. But I want you to understand that your capacity is who you become. That's who you become. You can never become anything that is not in direct proportion to your capacity. Are you listening to me? I close with this. How do we increase our capacity? So you find a Nipius become a Parion. A Parion becomes a Technon. And ultimately, a Technon become an Eos. And Jesus Christ walked this way. Jesus did not automatically one day wake up to become an Eos. That's not true. He was 100% human. He had to grow his capacity. There were moments he couldn't perform one miracle, not one miracle. 
until his capacity grew and it was then the miracles began to happen. God will never trust you with something that you don't have the capacity to carry. You could cry for it. You could yawn for it. You could fast all you want for it. If you don't have the capacity for it, he can give it to you. The Bible says if you are faithful in the little, God can use the faithfulness in the little to trust you for the much. But he can't just put you in the much because you want the much. He gives you the much because he has tried you in the little things. The bathroom, the kitchen, the this, and then he gives you more responsibilities and the responsibilities grew. Notice how David puts it. It was in my crisis that you enlarged me. It was in my crisis. It was the crisis that I experienced that you used to enlarge me. Now, the reality is crisis doesn't enlarge us. What enlarges us is the response to crisis. How you respond to a crisis is what enlarges you. It is not the crisis himself. You see, the COVID is a universal crisis. Now, the way most people responded to it was negative. The way others responded to it was positive. So your response to a crisis is what God uses to enlarge you. For example, you are a size 4. God wants you to become a size 12. So God allows a crisis into your life. How I respond to that crisis is what begins to enlarge me. So that my size 4 becomes a size 12. Now I can handle more things that I wasn't able to handle before. Just like this church uses a crisis. Your response to the crisis produces unbelievable stuff. That becomes the journey of your transition. Can you imagine if you just panic like every other person and respond in a negative way, you wouldn't have seen the result that a crisis can bring. So what did God do? It enlarges your capacity that you are able to handle more. He trusts you that they can handle more and the Lord brings more into your life and there are more that is coming because the spirit of the Lord trusts you and the capacity is enlarged for the spirit of more to come in. Transitional capacity is key when you make, up, when you make transition. If you don't have the capacity, you cannot. Okay? So let me close with this. How you Grow and increase your capacity. Number one is the power of growth. The power of growth. If you want to increase your capacity, you have to embrace the power of growth. Number two, you have to embrace the discipline of growth. The power of growth, P-O-W-E-R-O, the power of growth, number one. Number two is the discipline of growth. Now, watch now. When we talk about the power of growth, this is what I mean. Okay, The power of growth is the physical attitude, the physical attitude and the physical responses that we must have towards growth. 
There is a physical attitude and a physical response that you must have towards growth. Very key. Now, what are these physical uh, attitudes? Number one is the posture of growth. There is a posture that you take if you want to grow. Okay? Number two, the first is the posture of growth. Then number two, you have to prioritize area of growth. You have to prioritize areas of growth. What areas do you want to grow? In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, Jesus grew in four areas. The same Jesus that you love has to grow in four areas. Number one, he grew mentally. The Bible called it wisdom. Number two, he grew physically. The Bible called it stature. Number three, he grew spiritually. The Bible called it favor with God. And then he grew socially, which is favor with man. Jesus prioritized his growth and he grew. So the same thing happens to you. And then number three, you have to embrace the practice of growth. If you prioritize your growth, you have to embrace the practice of growth. Growth doesn't just happen because you are a Christian. If you look at Luke chapter 2, the same chapter, 46 to 47, look at how Jesus actually embraced the practice of growth. Number one, Jesus had a place to grow. The Bible calls it the temple. To you and I, it's the church. You have to be planted in the church. You have to believe in the local church. And you have to commit to the local church. Number two, Jesus had people to grow weight. He had people to grow weight. To Jesus, it was the religious teachers. To you and I, it's called a pastor. And then number three, Jesus had a process to grow. Jesus' process was asking questions and was listening. Your process and my process is making sure that you are in church and you are hearing the word of the Lord. These are all the practices of growth that begins growth to take place in your life. And then the disciplines of growth is very key. Number one is prayer. Okay? Prayer is key. Number two is a commitment to God's word itself. Okay? Number three is a love affair with the Holy Spirit. Number one is prayer. Number two is a commitment to the word of God. If you want to grow your capacity, this is what you do. And number three, you must have a love affair with the Holy Spirit. It is the strength of the Holy Spirit in you that makes your capacity grow. I'm still growing my capacity. I have not come to that optimum yet. There are still impossibilities that I look to be possible. I want consistent miracles to take place. There are things that I long for. I want to see things that, that is created shift. Like you have the hurricane. You can control the path of the hurricane. You can actually weaken the strength of the hurricane. These are degrees of capacity. Okay? 
you can declare into the atmosphere of a house, this is what is going to happen and this is not what is going to happen. That's a degree of capacity. And we grow into this degree of capacity. The secret, the foundation to it all is the spirit of hunger. See, when you live here this morning, nothing will ever happen in your life if you are not hungry for it. Hunger is the force that attracts all of this to you. That you hunger so much for it that you cannot do without it. And believe it, I'm always hungry. I'm like a kid. I'm hungry every time. There is a yearning in me that things change in the lives of people. And that yearning drives me to God constantly in prayer. And to write books to be able to help. If there is no hunger, you're wasting your time. The secret of growth, the secret of maturity, the secret of transformation, the secret of change, the secret of a vibrant church, a vibrant church, a church that is on fire. The secret is hunger for God. Can you imagine that when you are hungry for God? The Bible says 5, 6 of Matthew. It says, blessed is he that tastes and that hunger for righteousness. For he or she shall be filled. Many times I just go on a fast to say, God, make me to become more hungry. Because I understand I could preach a great sermon. But the sermon that changes people is the one that comes from an hunger. The worship that imparts people is not a song that you sing. You could sing a song and it doesn't make effect in people. But it is the song that comes out of an hunger. That hunger is, I want to see Jesus. We want to see God's power. And I pray this upon this house in this season. That every single individual that is part of Livingstone, that you will experience a new spark of hunger, just an hunger that you can't describe. Hunger for prayer, hunger for the word of God, hunger to come to the house of God that you can't wait to come to the house of God. Hunger in your relationship with one another, that you just fall in love with one another, like the early church, an hunger that will spark a revival. And I'm telling you, beloved, when you are hungry for God, you are on fire for God. The way you hear becomes different. You don't hear like you used to hear before. The way you see becomes different. I mean, your heart becomes different. Every little thing makes impact in your heart. It just makes impact. If the, if the verse of scripture is quoted and the praise is going like fire everywhere, it is much easier for you to forgive people. Offenses doesn't reside in your heart. You know, the enemy cannot just hold you because you are hungry to please God. And when you are hungry to please in God, anything that will hinder your ability to please God, you want to get rid of it. It affects your marriage. You don't keep an offense over a prolonged period of time. You just say, no, 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 no. We're not going to fight because I want to please God. That's my prayer for you. And it is stronger 
than just having, you know, a large congregation. Stand on your feet. Let's put this into motion. Just stand up, beloved. Thank you for your patience. I want you to open your heart to the Holy Spirit. You know, I could teach you and explain things to you. And they may make sense in your heart. But it's only one person that could make the difference in you. And it's the person of the Holy Spirit. And I mean, I want your heart to yearn for a fresh hunger for him. Because you see, God has been good. He has been great. He has worked on our behalf. Look at what he did during the COVID. You are here. You are alive. Look at the increase. And all of this can be so good and we can rejoice. The question is, do you have an hunger for God? I mean, David says, as the deer panted over the water brook, so my heart panted over you. I can't do without you because without you, we wouldn't have been able to do this. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this house, for everyone that is here this morning and those that are part of this ministry that is not here. I ask for the spirit of a fresh hunger a fresh hunger to come upon this house, come upon their heart, oh God, upon their heart, lit every heart with fire. Let them never be the same again. Let it not be the old church. Let it be a new church, a people that are hungry, hungry to love one another, hungry for prayer, hungry for the world, hungry for the house of the Lord, hungry to please you, to do your will. I prophesy this into existence in this ministry and upon the life of every individual in the name of Jesus. I come against every obstacle, every barrier, every impediment of the enemy. I break your powers. I destroy them in the name of Jesus. I prophesy a new day has come to living stone. A new hour, a new season, a new anointing a new spirit have come upon this house. I declare it that from this day forth everything shift in order. Everything shift in order. Everything shift in order. And I prophesy that finances will never be a problem to this house anymore. Finances, no struggle even with individuals. Thank you Father God for victories, for successes, for breakthroughs and thank you for the power of healing and deliverance in Jesus Christ's name amen 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 hallelujah amen and amen hallelujah beloved you guys are the most special people very special when god looks at you by his spirit he looks at you very special. Say you've come into miracle season. Miracle season. You've come into a season where the favor of God become more real to you. You are loved by God. I want you to see yourself different. Loved by God. Love one another. 
Appreciate one another. Don't let offense, don't let any of those things that the enemy uses to derail you make a commitment. It's a new you, a new you, because it's a new season. God bless you. I love you so much. Thank you for listening to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.